Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. This one might be a little shorter uh, because I am technically um, off, but that's okay. We just wanted to give you something to sink your teeth into before training camp officially begins this week. I am Hayden Grove, joined as always by the Cavaliers beat reporter for Cleveland.com and my friend, Mr. Chris Fedor. Chris, how are you doing today? Brother, I'm doing well. I didn't mean to take you away from a PTO day. Oh, well, you know what? Honestly, if we're going to be if we're going to talk in all honesty, I've already said this on Facebook Live, so I can say this now. Um, You know, and and I know that I'm just today is my last day of quarantine. Yep. Coming off of COVID. Yep. And I'm feeling great. So good to hear. And it's a really crappy day outside. So I'm pretty used to being inside and not really doing anything. (laughs) So I, I can I can handle a half hour. Okay. good. Yeah, I can handle a half hour. Um, just getting laundry done, some household stuff done, and then I'm going to venture out for the first time in two weeks and get some uh, some household items, need some, some to- uh, not some toilet paper, need some uh, paper towels and stuff like that. So, yeah. Which well, are glad impossible to hear that to you're on the mend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I was never feeling awful, yeah. uh, but there were a couple of days where I just didn't want to do anything. So Yeah. And um, you sound better. You sound more energetic. I'm there. I'm Yes, I definitely am, for sure. I'm just... I just wish it was a better day so that I could have walked outside a little bit and kind of enjoy the weather. But, hey, I'll take what we can get. Um, The Cavaliers made a lot of news this week, just a lot of transactions and such. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to get you ready for the start of training camp, which Chris says will officially start on Friday. Yeah. So that would be the 4th? Yeah. Yeah, December 4th. So they're actually going to start individual stuff uh, tomorrow. This week is considered media week um, around the NBA. There is no media day specifically like there usually is around the NBA. So this week is media week, and we'll meet with J.B. Bickerstaff virtually and some of the players over the next couple of days. And then they're able to finally practice as a team, um, not individually, but as a team. The hope is on Friday. There you go. Well, we, I used to, I do love media day. It's one of the best days of the year. Just fun to see the guys again and to be around and see your colleagues and whatnot. But this year is going to be very different. You're absolutely right. Uh, but since we've spoken, we spoke last Monday, and we did talk about Tristan Thompson and JaVale McGee. Uh, Tristan Thompson obviously going to the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Um, the Cavaliers made a couple moves, and one of them came directly after the podcast. It was like <laughs> within minutes of after we recorded – uh, Matthew Dellavedova mm-hmm. signs a one-year deal to come back to Cleveland. And we talked a little bit about Damian Dotson. Um, we did not speak about, however, Thon Maker. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe we talked about Ray John Tucker. Well, he's gone, so you don't have to talk about him. Okay. He's gone <laughs> already? What happened? Yeah, they waived him. They were always going to waive him. Um, okay. The deal with the Jazz was about getting a second-round pick and helping the Jazz financially. Okay. Got it. So the roster is is pretty much ready to go. I mean, it is ready to go. They're going to release the roster later this afternoon. It's going to show 19 players, but that's because the 20th that I've already reported is Levi Randolph, and he's in Indianapolis playing for uh, the FIBA AmeriCup qualifiers, I want to say. And he's not physically going to sign his contract until tomorrow at the earliest. Um, But there is an agreement in place uh, with Levi, who had a really good year this past year for the Canton Charge. 
Um, but the initial roster that the Cavs are going to send out is only going to have 19. That's why. Okay, so in addition to Levi Randolph, um, Bolden is back. Marcus yep. Bolden, uh, obviously Thonmaker, mm-hmm. and then Charles Matthews. Right, that's right. The squad. So that was that was the guy that Dwayne Wade congratulated, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the fight for the final spot, or I should say spot, but it's really just one spot, is Levi Randolph, Marquise Bolden, Maker, Charles Matthews, and Dean Wade, I would say, is okay. going to have to fight for his spot. Like, I think he's got the inside track to number 14 um, because he is under contract, but it's a non-guaranteed contract that allows the Cavs to get out of it really, really easily if they have to. Um, and I think because of some of the other um, salaries that they have on their books in terms of expiring contracts, like I think in terms of future trade possibilities, um, Dean Wade isn't as needed as maybe he would have been in those kinds of trades. Right. So, I mean, specifically with these guys, mm-hmm. I think by far the most interesting is Thon Maker. Yeah, I'd agree. Because well, he's the most well-known. Right. He's a seven-footer out of Sudan. Yep. Um, and was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks with the first in the first round with the 10th pick overall in the 2016 draft. So that was only four years ago. Yeah. Um, obviously has not really, you know, contributed a ton in his NBA career. Has never played over 20 minutes a game. Uh, but last year specifically um, averaged 4.7 points and 2.8 rebounds per game. Yeah. Um, shot 48% from the field last year. Uh, I mean, is this, you know, the Cavaliers already brought in JaVale McGee. They already have Andre Drummond. Is this yet another kind of big man lottery ticket in case they decide to move on from one of those guys? And I just don't think anybody should read into this at all beyond Hayden. The fact that these are the kinds of swings that a team in the position that the Cavs are in should be taking. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, it's a camp deal. It's non-guaranteed. This is a guy who had no interest on the open market from other teams. Uh, maybe he looks at the Cavs and sees more of an opportunity than another contender. Maybe the Cavs are more willing to take a chance on this guy and, and potentially develop him into the future. But but that's all this is. This is a 23-year-old kid who had a lot of promise in the 2016 draft. The Cavs know about him because he played in the Central Division for the last couple of years. Milwaukee first, then Detroit. Um, he was somebody that the Cavs were considering all along in terms of uh, after Tristan Thompson agreed to a deal with the Boston Celtics. He was on the list along with like Willie Cauley-Stein and Alex Len and some of these other bigs that were still out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is a bottom of the roster guy, maybe, who has enough developmental upside that the Cavs are willing to bring him to camp and just see for themselves if there's anything that they can get out of him and see for themselves if investing in him beyond just camp makes more sense than continuing the investment in somebody like Dean Wade. So, you know, being in Detroit the last two years, he's got to have some some familiarity with Andre Drummond. Yeah. Maybe that helps a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it helps just to be familiar with somebody in the organization, I suppose. I mean, um, I do know that he's good friends with Giannis. 
Yeah. I mean, I just think in terms of roster makeup, um, there were two spots really that the Cavs had room for a developmental player and potentially giving that guy minutes if he were to stick on the roster. And it's not to say that if he sticks, he's definitely going to get minutes or if Dean Wace sticks, he's definitely going to get minutes. I'm not saying that, but the opportunity could be there where you're not taking away from Darius Garland, where you're not taking away from Isaac Okoro if you brought in another wing. You're not taking away from Kevin Porter Jr. if you brought in another shooting guard. You know what I mean? Like power forward and center were the two spots where it's it's more veteran laden, um, where the, the majority of minutes are going to those kinds of players and you don't feel like you're taking any development opportunities away if you were to keep either Wade or Maker as number 14. Well, I mean, as you said, interesting swing. I mean, you never know. You never know. I mean, I, I, you know, the Cavaliers, I, I just, just because of his age, he's only 23 and he's his size, maybe he's finally developing into himself, but I don't know. I think it would be interesting. I just, I just want to like, it's unfortunate that we're probably not going to get to see too much of these guys on the floor because I just would like to see, like, I don't know. It just, he would be interesting to watch. You know, just I to mean, watch sure. against Andre Drummond, to watch against Javale McGee. Maybe those right. guys can, you know, help him to develop. I don't yeah, know. I mean, on the surface, it makes sense, and on the surface, it would seem to be a need for the Cavs. And he's an exciting name because he's well known and because he has the top ten pick pedigree. All I'm saying is temper the expectations because no, <laughs> certainly it's, it's, it's very rare that training camp deals. Um, actually work out and, and turn out to be a little bit more than what you would expect initially. So, I mean, if you had to guess, I yeah. mean, I know it's, and it's, it's a small guess, which of the guys that you mentioned is going to make this, who is, as of today, who is your 14th and 15th guy? I don't think they're going to keep 15. That's yes, the thing. I've been saying for a long time that their preference is usually, um, and their preference is, going into this season is to keep that open. Um, I, I think they like the flexibility that comes with that. I think they like the optionality that comes with that. I think they like um, to see who gets released by other better teams around the NBA to see if there's somebody that they could scoop up. Um, if you remember last year, they did that with Alfonso McKinney, right? Because they had that open roster spot, they were able to jump on Alfonso McKinney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he played a little bit for the and then they signed him to a very, very friendly contract that was used um, in a trade to get JaVale McGee here. So maybe there's somebody out there that gets waived, that gets released, that they could do that same thing to. Um, and having an open roster spot allows them uh, to do that quickly. So I believe unless one of these guys really blows them, okay, I'll say unless Maker blows them away, and locks up the 15th spot, uh, then I think the Cavs are going to go into the regular season with 14 on this roster. And I believe right now, uh, because of his knowledge of the organization, uh, because of what the Cavs have already invested in terms of his development, um, because he was with the team in the mini bubble, I believe Dean Wade has the inside track to number 14. Um, but it's Dean Wade, right? It's somebody who spent most of his year with the Canton charge. So it's not like it is a solidified spot that you would write in pen point in time. I would say it's probably written 
an erasable marker. Um, but because of those reasons that I laid out, I think the spot is his to lose. So if we're taking a look at the roster currently, your guards as of right now, if we're talking about our 14, the 14 that you are talking about, right? Oh, and look yeah. at this. Can I add one more thing? Look at, look, look at this. The Cavs PR comes through right right as we're recording this podcast, gives us a uh, a schedule for the Zoom availabilities. Oh, this is great. Should I tell, should I, should I tell oh. people what we're looking for? Oh, fine. Come on now. <laughs> Anyways, well, we are going to be talking to. It's not like they're going to get to watch the Zoom availabilities. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. Maybe after the fact, though. I mean, maybe. Sure, if they post it, I could see it. Well, what we should say is that the Cavaliers do have four preseason games scheduled, uh, two against Indiana December 12th, December 14th, yep. and then two at New the New York Knicks and Obi Toppin December 16th and December 18th. So those are four preseason games um, within the span of about six days. Um, but what I was going to say before the Cavaliers PR so graciously put this schedule out for us is when you're talking about this roster, okay, you're talking about guards, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Dante Exum, Matthew Dellavedova, Damian Dotson, um, Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. And am I missing anyone? I mean Matt Mooney. He's Matt on a two-way. But I'm saying I'm like I'm trying to project a little bit for the 14, given that, given that you're saying that Dean Wade is is likely going to be there. And then no, you get, I didn't say likely going to be there. Come on now. You did. You, you, said, this. you had. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I said had the let, inside track. Let me rephrase. Yes. Sorry. The inside track. That is my Thank fault. You. Yes. The inside track. Yes. He has the he has the advantage of being in the Cavaliers system, and of <laughs> knowing the Cavaliers. Okay. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I know you already have enough people aggregating your content as it is. So I apologize. So okay. If you're aggregating and you're listening, do not. He doesn't have. He's not the leader in the clubhouse. Inside track. Okay, yes, yes. that's all. That's what we have to clear up. Um, but then you're looking at so that's six right there. Maybe you add you add seven. You add Matt Mooney. Then you go with forwards: Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr., Isaac Okoro, Jetty Osman, Dylan Windler, uh, and maybe Dean Wade. So that's six. Um, and then with you know you got big men: Andre Drummond, Javale McGee, and then. Who did I miss? I missed somebody in there. Well, I mean, that's about it. I mean, that's that's pretty much what we're looking at here. Yep. So, if you're if you're not if you're new to the 2020 Cavaliers, that's about what you're in terms of on the floor in regular season games, unless something goes you know crazy during training camp. Um, is there anybody that like? I don't know. Is there anybody that you're expecting to like? show out during training camp that is just going to blow, you know, blow your mind or blow the minds of the Cavaliers or like, is there somebody kind of under the radar that we're not talking a lot about that's going to really step into training camp and just look great? Oh boy. I don't, I don't think so. No. Um, I mean, I'm really interested to see what um, everybody thinks of Dylan. Yeah. Dylan Windler obviously missed, the entire season last year because he was covering uh, because he was trying to get on the floor and then he couldn't uh, suffered a stress reaction um, right before training camp opened up. So he didn't have any of that. And he fought 
a bunch of different times to try and get on the court, and he did some stuff with the Canton Charge to try and get um, on the court, and it never actually happened. He was eventually shut down, missed the entire season. Um, he has been able to do some things this offseason. He was able to participate in the Cavs mini bubble in downtown. That's helpful. But, like, this was somebody who was supposed to be able to help immediately as a rookie, Hayden, because he was 23 years old, because he had a whole bunch of college experience. So the learning curve wasn't supposed to be as vast for him as it was for Kevin Porter Jr. or Darius Garland. So I'm interested to see if that, quote-unquote, NBA readiness is still attached to Dylan, despite missing out on a whole year of not just playing time, but development opportunities behind the scenes. Um, So is that going to push him further behind where he should be going into year two in the NBA? I think so. I think it has to. But um, how quick can he shake off the rust? How quick can he get acclimated? Can he push for the starting small forward spot? Um, Something that people inside the organization thought he was going to claim by midway through his rookie season over Jetty Osman. Um, I think he's a standout for me when it comes to this training camp. Uh, Dante Exum, I think, is going to have a bigger role than a lot of people expected coming into this because they really, I mean, I don't want to say they need what he brings because that's pushing it too far, but he brings different traits than the other guys on this roster at that particular position. Um You can put him on ones or twos. He can handle a little bit or play off the ball. Um, Defensively, he might be the best player that the Cavs have in the backcourt because I consider Isaac Okoro more of a small forward, more of a wing, Mm -hmm. um, whereas Dante Exum is more of a backcourt guy. Uh, So he's interesting, I I think, to watch. Um, Those are the two guys that really stand out to me right away. And and JaVale McGee, because... You know, he's the new guy, basically, right. of of all the additions that the Cavs made this offseason. And they were small ones. It was a pretty mundane offseason for them. Um, you know, he's the one that's probably going to have the biggest role of anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, from the Lakers, what kind of an attitude he's going to bring. I think he, he tweeted recently that he's or he Instagrammed or something about you know, how he's looking to bring that pedigree, that championship pedigree and that culture to Cleveland. And so I'm interested. I am very interested to see, you know, how he goes about his business in Cleveland. You know, the Cavaliers have brought in players before and, um, you know, it's it's I'm just interested to see how he's going to fit into this system and how, you know, he's going to work with Andre Drummond and with, you know, with the with the more veterans or the veteran big guys like Kevin Love and that and whatnot. Um I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, we're kind of ready to go. I mean, the, you know, as you said, the roster didn't undergo too much change, if if really any at all, during the offseason, Just given that, or outside of Tristan Thompson's departure, right? Uh, Delhi's coming back. You know, Andre Drummond. You know, obviously opted in. Dante Exum's back. All the young kids are back. Larry Jr. is back. Kevin Love, obviously back. I mean, you know, they're, they're pretty much. I think that's the one good thing about maybe this Cavaliers team is that. While they didn't have that much time to be together, at least they know who they're really working with for the most part, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. And the other thing that I wanted to add just on the 14th spot, um, it's important to realize the kinds of contracts that these guys have. 
mm-hmm. because oftentimes that dictates which direction a team goes in. Um, like I said, Dean Wade has a non-guaranteed contract, so it makes it easier for the Cavs to move on from him. Mm-hmm. Um, Thon Maker does not have what's known as an Exhibit 10. I don't want to get into salary cap stuff necessarily. Sure. But the other three guys that were invited, Bolden, Matthews, and I believe Randolph is going to get one as well. Although I've heard both on this, and I don't think it's finalized yet. Um, Those other three could have what's called an Exhibit 10, which gives them like $50,000 that, in a way, the Cavs can just put them on the G League roster. Um, And Bolden and Randolph has been... They've both been with the Canton Charge to begin with, but but somebody like Charles Matthews, he has that Exhibit 10, which makes it easy for the Cavs just to say, sorry you didn't make it coming out of camp. Um, you were a little bit too rusty. You were coming off the injury. We feel more confident with either Don Maker or Dean Wade. Um, we're going to send you to the Canton Charge, and then that way the Cavs can continue the development of all three of those guys, but Matthews included in that trio um, and just have him in their organization, but not on the NBA roster, if that makes sense. That does make sense for sure. Um, I know we're keeping it short today. Uh, So for that reason, I just, you know, we've talked so much about the draft and we've talked so much about this team, you know, training camp is training camp, and that's where we kind of are going to learn a little bit about what this team is going to look like and during the preseason games and whatnot. But what specifically are you know, I mean, you know, you talked about Dylan Windler and you talked about, you know, some of this 14th roster spot. But like what are the biggest things that you're looking for in in training camp? I mean, is this just an, uh, just to look at, hey, Colin Sexton got bigger and stronger. He looks great. Kevin Porter Jr., he's, you know, rebounded from his issues off the floor. Uh, Darius Garland looks stronger, looks faster, looks better than he ever has. I mean, is that really – is that the focus here is just looking at these young guys and saying, okay, have they taken steps in the right direction and are they getting better? I mean, I think the other thing is just um... – you know, how quick can this team come together with such a quick turnaround uh, between um, the NBA draft, which yeah. is and and NBA free agency, which just happened, and the start of the regular season, which is December 22nd in the NBA. Right. That's the other thing that I'm going to be looking at. Um, you know, there were some of these teams that were invited to the bubble, Hayden, as you know that were able to continue installing things and, and be coached by the guys that they're currently coached by. Um, J.B. Vickerstaff hasn't had that opportunity, right? It's been so much individual related stuff. The Cavs had the mini bubble, obviously, but that wasn't the same as getting five to seven weeks of practice, time together, and games together the way that some of the other teams around the NBA got. Um So it's just like, how quick can that all come together? Um, How quick can J.B. Bickerstaff install uh, the things that he wants to install ahead of the regular season opener? Uh, Look, this season for J.B. is going to be a lot about experimentation, seeing what works, what doesn't work, seeing what lineup combinations work, what, what don't work. Like he needs to figure that all out himself. He was supposed to have the final two months of the regular season really to go through all of that. And instead, he got 11 games. Um, 
and some of the components that were with this organization last year are no longer with this organization. And like I said, he's going to have to work in JaVale McGee. So that's the other thing that that I think we're going to have to follow when it comes to training camp. Um, beyond the, the roster spots that need to be decided and the starting spot, I think, that is very much up for grabs. I think the small forward spot is very much up for grabs. Absolutely. And we're talking about maybe Dylan Windler, maybe Jetty Osman, maybe Isaac Coro. Obviously, right. we're definitely looking forward to Isaac Coro. See what he's I mean, that's gonna be a story in and of itself. The shortest right. turnaround in NBA history between yes. the draft and the season. I mean, that's gotta be something that we all gotta watch out for. Yeah, and I think the other storyline heading into training camp is Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Um it was a rocky at best off season for KPJ, his first ever off season as an NBA pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is concern inside the organization. It was labeled to me as not good, the situation um, for KPJ. So, you know, once he's back to basketball, once he has that structure, uh, can he take the steps necessary um, to be a reliable component of this every night rotation? Um, I think it's too much to demand that he starts showing flashes of being the franchise pillar, the cornerstone, whatever you want to phrase him. Like the first step for him, I think, is one, regaining some trust and two, you know, showing more consistency than what he did as a rookie so that he can be a reliable every night guy. The kind of growth that Colin Sexton showed from year one to year two. Right. I mean, the regaining trust thing is just huge. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest by far. It's just, you know, everything that happened this offseason with him, I mean, Mm -hmm. it just, a lot of it wasn't good, as you said, literally not good. So um, I think this is definitely going to be a huge, huge, huge opportunity. And look at Cavaliers PR again coming through with the roster. So, okay, let's, let's read down the list just because they just sent it to us. So the Cavaliers have added the center Thon Maker, center Marcus Bolden, and center uh, Charles Matthews to their 2020 training camp roster. So as it stands, as of right now, Cavaliers have 19, as you said, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 19. Uh, Marcus Bolden, Matthew Delavadova, Damian Dotson, Andre Drummond, Dante Exum, Darius Garland, Kevin Love, Thon Maker, who's going to wear number 14, uh, Charles Matthews, JaVale McGee, who's going to wear number 6, Matt Mooney, Larry Nance Jr., Isaac Okoro, Jetty Osman, Kevin Porter, Colin Sexton, Lamar Stevens, who they got out of um, Penn State, and then Dean Wade and Dylan Windler. So that is your roster going into training camp starting on Tuesday. And um, again, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this team comes together very quickly. What happens with Isaac Okoro as he gets going? What happens with Dylan Windler as his, you know, pretty much his rookie season here? Um, it's 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 exciting to have basketball back. I will say that for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I have a question for you. Yeah. What do you make of the Cavs having the lowest projected win total of any team in the NBA? According to who? According to odds makers. Uh, I think according mean, to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, that's a great question. And, I mean, when I read that roster, I mean, I don't necessarily see greatness. Um, and I don't know if I see playoffs as they are so, you know, totally pushing for. But I, 
again, it all depends on that little core of Darius, Colin, uh, Okoro, and Kevin Porter Jr. I think if those guys take, and Dylan Windler even, I mean, if those young kids take a really, really big step and turn into, you know, just, I mean, you know, obviously the guys that haven't played, if they take a step and they look, you know, serviceable, that's good. And if Kevin Porter Jr. takes a step and really becomes, you know, not only a great rookie player, but a pretty darn good regular, you know, sophomore player in the NBA. I mean, they could, I think this team goes as far as they go. And does Kevin Love, you know, is is he back and rejuvenated and ready to go? Is yeah. Andre Drummond going to give them the Andre Drummond of old? I mean, I think the ceiling is, I think the, obviously the floor is a lot deeper than the ceiling is high. But I, I don't think they'll be the worst. I don't. Okay. I don't. I think they'll maybe be, you know, maybe again, fourth or fifth, somewhere in there. Fourth uh, or fifth worst? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant fourth or fifth in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> no. God, no. God, no. God, no. God, no. Okay. God, no. No, I think they'll be the fourth or fifth worst in the Eastern Conference. And again, you just hope that you see those steps from Porter, from Colin, from Darius, from yeah. Dylan, from Isaac. I mean, that's what you're really hoping for here. I texted this to all of my subscribers the other day. Um, as we get as we get closer to the start of camp, right, and we get closer to uh, the beginning of the season, I, th I think there are two things to note. Um, and I'm actually writing about this for tomorrow. Um, they no longer have to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, right? Yeah. In order to get to a playoff spot, technically, technically, um, they just have to be one of the 10 best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Uh, because there's a play-in tournament that allows more of a chance for those teams beyond the top eight. The top eight are so far ahead of the Caps. Yeah. Even if Indiana takes a step back, and I think Indiana could, even if Orlando takes a step back, and I think the Magic could as well, um, I mean, they finished 10 games back of the Magic this past year. They finished 12 and a half back of Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was wrecked by injuries. So, yeah. like, that's a huge hill that the Cavs would have to climb in a weird offseason where they didn't really do anything. No. Yeah, I think the, the most significant move that happened with the Cavs was losing Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I Definitely. think you can argue a Coro. But in year one, going into his rookie season, into the 2020-2021 season in the NBA, it's a lot to ask of a 19-year-old kid to make a significant difference on this kind of team where it's yeah. going to matter in the win-loss column, right? And, right, and to do it in such a short period of time that it's unfathomable. Yeah, exactly. So forget the top eight. No, 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 no. no. The, the, the real question is... Like, how close are they to Charlotte, Chicago, the Wizards, uh, Atlanta, the Knicks, the Pistons? Like, that's yeah. the real question. And I think it's fair to say that some of those teams are better than the Cavs on paper. Yeah. Right? I mean, the Hornets added Gordon Hayward to a team that won 23 games. I don't know. It's it's the most ridiculous contract. They're going to regret it big time. But you can at least admit that he's probably going to make them better. Right. Um, the Hawks 
like had the most impactful offseason of any team, I think. They added Danilo Gallinari and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, they're young, they're inexperienced, they don't have team camaraderie, and they're going to be integrating some really, really different pieces in a really short time that they're probably going to get off to a slow start. But talent-wise, they're more talented than the Cavs, don't you think? Yeah. Um, And Washington is bringing back John Wall. Who knows? Who knows what he's going to be? He's coming off such a significant injury for a guy whose game was predicated on speed, athleticism, quickness. Um, So I don't know. Maybe they're going to be significantly more talented than the Cavs, but... They can't defend anybody. And Chicago, like, I don't know. They got new everything. Right. So, I mean, like, yes, the Hornets and the Hawks are more talented than the Cavs. And you could probably pencil them in right now for 9-10. But the Cavs are a lot closer, if we're being fair, they're a lot closer to those kinds of teams than they are to the top eight. We're not having the top eight discussion. No one's having that conversation. We're having the bottom feeder discussion and where the Cavs slot in among that group. Absolutely. Yeah, I I totally agree that, you know, I think we're talking about nine and 10 as opposed to anywhere near eight. And yeah, we're talking about all those teams you just mentioned for sure. Yeah. So because of that, because of that competition, um, I think, I don't think playoffs that conversation is as ridiculous as some people are making it seem for a team that has the lowest projected win total. Because the other teams that they're going to be competing with, they also have low projected win total, except for the Hawks, who somehow their projected win total went up 14 games from last year. 14. Their over-under is like 34 and a half after winning 20 games last year. Well, I mean... You saw, I mean, you saw, you see signs from from the Hawks, right? There are signs there that they could do something. But, like, that's the thing. I don't know. It's like with the Hawks, yeah, I mean, you saw signs and then you didn't. And then with this Cavs team, you haven't really seen signs. But maybe they're just, maybe this is the year where they kind of, they come out strong. And because they've been together and, you know, I don't know. I'm just an optimist. I'm I'm a glass half full guy. So, like. Yes, I think the Cavaliers are not a very not the most talented team, and obviously, I don't think they're going to be contending for a legitimate playoff spot. But I mean, there is a chance where maybe they do have, you know, maybe these guys are going to show something that gives you a little excitement for the future. Yeah, um, I think that's fair to say. And and as I was saying to a lot of my texters the other day, um, even though the play-in tournament allows them to have more of a chance this year. Um, I think I think the moniker for this season should be something along the lines of improvement, progressing forward, even if wins don't show it. <laughs> right. And I know that nobody wants to hear that, but I think, again, that's just kind of the reality that, that this um, organization and this roster is in. Uh, they can sit there and they can say playoffs, and that's a good goal to have. Um but how realistic is that given the talent that they currently have? I think that's the right conversation to be having. Yes. And again, I don't think they're, they're not worried about the talent they have. They're worried about what they can do with that talent. Um, 
and they're worried. That's a, I agree. The you know the goal is to reach high, and or the 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 what they should be doing is reaching for the you know for the stars, and it's kind of it is a dumb cliche, but it's true. You reach for the stars, you land, you, you reach for the what is it? You reach for the you reach moon, for the stars, and you land, and you land the on the moon. I think no, you reach for the moon, you land among the stars. Really? I thought it's the other way around because people have actually you know landed on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think it's reach for the. I think it's you reach for the moon and you land among the stars, because there are a lot more stars than there are moons. Hold on, if you reach for the moon, quote, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you will land there among the go. stars. Yes, yeah, you are right. Right. I was definitely wrong. <laughs> well, that's the Cavaliers' motto for this year: reach for the playoffs and then see where they fall. I think that's pretty uh, pretty yeah. fair. Um, I did want to mention, as you did mention, and we are going to get out of here in a second, but I do want to mention that you should sign up for Chris's subtext. He's mentioned it multiple times about what he's been texting his subscribers. Again, $3.99 a month. Um, you can get a two-week free trial, 14 days of free Cavaliers inside analysis. What better time to do it than now, before the start of the 2020 season, before the start of preseason games? You'll get probably about – you'll get two full weeks of full training camp access from Chris Fedor and, you know, the things that he's hearing, the things that he's seeing, the things that he's talking to these guys about. So, again, $3.99 a month, and you can sign up on the page that you are currently listening to this on. It's literally going to be at the bottom. All you got to do is text or put your number in, and you can sign up for the 14-day free trial. And then after that 14 days, it'll be $3.99 a month for all of your Cavaliers info, analysis, and more from Chris Fedor. Chris, thank you for joining me. I appreciate you. Thanks for letting me keep it short this week. But I do want to mention, and I don't know, and I think I, you saw this in the text. Uh, we're working on another episode this week, and you can be a part of it if you want. If you don't, you know, it's it's your prerogative. Um, but had an opportunity to speak with somebody who works with NBA players, and I've been pretty big in the mental health space, like trying to, you know, share my story so that others don't feel alone. Kevin Love obviously has, has been huge in, um, you know, promoting mental health and, you know, trying to rid the stigma of mental illness. So I actually came in contact with somebody who's a big fan of the podcast, but also does work with NBA players in that space. Um, so we'll see if that can happen later this week. Nice. That's awesome. All right. Well, if you got nothing else, training camp starts tomorrow, baby. Basketball season is back. December 1st, what better way to start um, the, the last month of 2020 than to get some basketball on the floor in Independence and then Cleveland. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I know Chris is looking forward to it, and I hope you're looking forward to it too. Thanks so much for listening. Like I said, we'll probably be back a little later in the week. Until then, thanks so much. Take care.